Hello, hello, and welcome again to the KCAST podcast. I'm Chris Eckenroth. We are in Revelation chapter 3, verses specifically 14 to 22. In our last podcast, we looked at the very first church as described uh, in Revelation chapter 1, talking about seven churches. So we looked at the first one, Ephesus. Today, we're looking at the last one, Laodicea. I hope you're in a position where you can grab your Bible. If not, maybe afterwards you can get back to it. But thank you for listening. As we begin today, I would love to pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for my friends who are listening wherever they are at. Lord, speak to us by this same spirit that inspired John to write these words. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. It's Revelation chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. Here's what it says. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write. To the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write. Again, that word angel, we believe it to, to mean the leadership, maybe the pastor, the elder, the leadership team of the church in Laodicea. Again, each of these churches was a literal church a literal geographic area, but also a literal church that is then symbolic of the church throughout its history. Ephesus, literal church, but then was symbolic of the early church, kind of the apostolic church. Fast forwarding all the way to the Laodicean church, again, a literal church located, and if I can get this right, uh, Denizli, Turkey, modern day Denizli, Turkey. But it is symbolic of the church that is in existence just before Jesus comes back. I would suggest to you today that the Laodicean church is symbolic of present-day church. That the Laodicean church is descriptive, uh, describes what they were going through, what the church is going through right here and now. So talk about relevant, talk about uh, having application, the Laodicean church. And so Jesus says to the leader, to the leadership team of the church of the Laodiceans, write, these things says the amen. I'll just pause there because oftentimes we say our prayers and we end it by saying, amen, you got it. But Jesus says, these things says the amen. What exactly does that mean? Typically, amen just simply means truth or the truth. That's why when somebody says something, we say, amen, because we're saying that's true. I believe in that. That's what God's word says. But now Jesus denotes himself, describes himself as the amen. What does it mean? Simply could mean that this is a declaration that Jesus, that Christ is truth. He is the baseline of all truth. That's Jesus. So these things says the one who is the definition of truth. The faithful and the true witness man, he witnesses, he testifies as to what God the Father is like. What he says, again, is true. The beginning of the creation of God. Wait a second, what, is, what does that mean? Because upon initial reading, that almost sounds like, well, he's the first thing that God created, question mark? Is that what that means? 
No, there in the Greek, it's written actually both in the passive and active sense. In other words, it's meaning that this one, this amen, this faithful witness of the truth was one who initiated an action. He was the first one to cause something. In other words, it declares Christ to be the creator, the beginning of the creation. He caused the creation. How? Again, we go back to Genesis 1. He spoke. He said a word, a few words, let there be, and there was. He took nothing and made everything. It's what the creator can do. It's Jesus. The beginning of the creation of God. Verse 15, he says, I know your works. This takes us back to our last podcast, just talking about uh, the church there in Ephesus, where he says, I I know your works. I've seen your labor. Man, I'm in the midst. I've seen how you've kept your nose to the grindstone and just persevered and not come weary. Remember that? Now he speaks to the Laodiceans. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. It is interesting in contrast between these two churches, early church and last day church, is that Jesus spent some time with some affirmation. He doesn't do that here. That's, if nothing else, it's interesting. He said, you're neither cold nor hot. I wish, I could wish, I wish you were cold or hot. Wow. Jesus tells us what he wishes for. Either super cold or super hot, but lukewarm? Uh, No, not so much. Talking a little bit about the context, there in Laodicea, water flowed by a water duct uh, from Herapolis. There in Herapolis, apparently there was some type of waterfall, this, this hot springs. It was hot there in Herapolis, but it flowed by basically this pipe, a water duct, some approximately 30 miles. And as it got all the way to Laodicea, by the time it got there, it wasn't freezing. It was also no longer super warm. It was now lukewarm. And this lukewarm kind of metaphor is a familiar phenomenon for those in Laodicea because it accurately characterizes their spiritual condition. Lukewarm. Not hot, not cold, tepid. Tepid spirituality is more dangerous, according to Jesus, than cold spirituality. Because tepid spirituality is content. Tepid, excuse me, tepid spirituality is dull to the perceptions of the spirit. Tepid spirituality is oblivious, is pushing aside, is not listening, is not looking for that still, small voice. Jesus, I know because I'm in the midst You're lukewarm, and I wish, oh man, I wish the passion of Jesus just comes out that you were either super cold or super hot. Verse 16, so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will, this is descriptive language, I will vomit you. This is disgusting to me. Vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say... I am rich 
and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Ah, I counsel you, Jesus says, to buy from me. There be this exchange between you and me. We stop there. We kind of back up a second. Tepid spirituality is disgusting to Jesus. It turns his stomach. There's a number of things that turn the stomach of Jesus. You can go back to uh, Hosea chapter 11. There in Hosea, he says, my stomach is churned. But in that context, his stomach is upset. His, His insides are turned upside down at the thought of spending eternity without his family. That makes him sick. But what also makes Jesus sick is a tempered spirituality that is content, is apathetic, is dull, is oblivious to the still small voice of the Spirit of God calling his people close. He said, I would vomit you out of my mouth because, verse 17, you say, I am rich. The church in Laodicea in comparison to a lot of the other churches, the seven churches, the church in Laodicea had experienced little to no persecution. And because of their prosperity and because of the lack of persecution, they had a certain level of spiritual pride. Pride in its prosperity led to their spiritual complacency. Man, I wonder how much application that has for the church today, specifically here in the States. Spiritual complacency. I mean, persecution, I mean, really? Zero, right? Prosperity. Man, until about a week and a half ago or two weeks ago, our nation, I mean, talk about uh, real estate is just booming. The people are building things. The stock market, record levels. Unemployment down to record low levels. Gas prices, at least where I live in Tennessee, is like one seventy a gallon right now. I mean, prosperity, which leads to a spiritual complacency. This, this tepid spirituality where you feel a need for nothing because you feel that you are so rich, surrounded by all of the the material things around you. And Jesus says, because you say, I am rich, because of your own view of yourself spiritually, because you become wealthy and you feel that you have a need of nothing, you don't realize, do you not know that when it comes to your spiritual heart, you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Jesus is calling his church, not only back in the day there in Turkey, Laodicea, but his last day church to take a spiritual assessment of themselves, of yourself and of myself. Jesus says, in very clear terms, last day church, you don't even realize your condition your tepid spirituality. And he goes into some very descriptive words. Verse 16, I counsel you. Man, we would do well to heed the counsel of Jesus. As a church, corporately, oh yeah, but personally. Jesus says, I counsel you to buy from me. In other words, there's going to be an exchange between Jesus and the individual and the individual and Jesus. I counsel you to buy from me. 
Gold refined in the fire that you may be rich. Gold refined in the fire. Refined in the fire seems to indicate faith. True faith refined in the fire of difficulty and tribulation. Jesus says, I want you to get from me true faith. That you truly may be rich. And white garments, you're spiritually naked, but I'm from me, white garments, my righteousness, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes, all oh, the Holy Spirit. Anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. Your true spiritual condition, it's horrible. Uh, Jesus uses all of these words, but one of them is poor. And then he, he balances or comes back on the other side in verse 18. And he says, from me, you need to buy from me. You need to get the stuff from me that you may be, here's the word, rich. That word takes us to another place in scripture, another letter by the apostle Paul, or Colossians 1 verse 27 It's a very important verse in Scripture because it describes the mystery of the gospel. The mystery of the gospel continues to unfold as you get through Scripture, just more and more detail of how the Lord is reconciling sin and righteousness and getting His family back into the kingdom of God and the adoption process. and I mean, all of this. The mystery is being unveiled and revealed. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27 Here's what it says. It says, the riches, there's that word, riches, the riches of this mystery. What are the riches of this mystery? Here it is. Here's what Paul says. It's Christ in you. Last day church, much like those in Laodicea, Jesus describes us as a church that has vacancy in its hearts. Oh, we feel good because we go through the rituals and we do so many things and we we call ourselves by the name and we do and we do and we don't do and all these things. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. More details of the mystery. Here's what it is. It's me inside of you. And when it comes to that, your bank is empty. Ah, this tempered spirituality Buy from me. It's going to come through an interaction with me. Verse 19, as many as I love, I'm doing this, I'm saying this because I love you. I rebuke and I chasten. Therefore, he says to his church, be zealous and repent. Oh, do not push this aside, but make the decision to repent and to turn from this sin in your experience, in your life, in the church. You say, oh, Lord, I hear you. I see it, not only in the church, but in me, this tempered spirituality that is content, that is dull, that is even apathetic that is oblivious. And I turn, I want to turn, but where would I turn? Verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus says, I'm right here. If anyone hears my voice, ah, you, you, you are hearing a call to repent and to turn. That's me. That's my voice. And when you heed that voice, when you say yes, when you exercise the power that I have given you, 
You open that door, I'm coming in. And we're going to have this meal, again, bouncing back to our last podcast, the full measure of truth, oh yes, but the full measure of grace, relationship, because Jesus says, I'm coming in, and we're going to have a meal together. It reminds me of the experience of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. Let's go, because I'm coming to your house. I've got to stay with you. Zacchaeus spent the day with Jesus. As a result of spending the day with Jesus, his life was changed. There was an interaction between, an exchange between Jesus and Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus and Jesus. And Zacchaeus stands up in front of everyone and says, Man, if I've done you wrong, I'm paying you back. And I'm including interest. And I'm giving half of everything I owe to the poor because this stuff doesn't matter anymore. What matters to me is following Jesus. And he with me, the end of verse 20, to him who overcomes, Jesus is about sharing his victory on Calvary's cross with you and with me. I will grant to sit with me on my throne. Jesus' leadership paradigm is different than that of the world. We think of a triangle with somebody sitting at the top. Jesus sits on a throne because his leadership paradigm is linear. And he says, "Ah, I've got a spot for you as my priest in my kingdom to sit with me on my throne. As I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. We've got room for you. Verse 22, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. Jesus is speaking to you and to me. As part of the last day church, just before he comes back and describes our spirituality collectively as being tepid, This tepid spirituality is disgusting to him. I wonder if this word to the last day church has any application for you, has any application for me. Is Jesus calling you? Is Jesus calling me to repent? Is Jesus calling me to a deeper relationship with him where I say, Lord Jesus, give me faith Lord, give me faith that is tried in the fire. Lord Jesus, cover me with your righteousness. Lord Jesus, would you live inside of me? Give me your Holy Spirit. Where are you at with Jesus? How would you? This is how Jesus describes it, but how would you describe your relationship with Jesus? Here's how I would describe the relationship that Jesus wants to have with you. Close, in the middle, trusting, conversation, communication, faith, love, together. And Jesus is tenacious, isn't he? He doesn't give up. We're at the seventh church and he's still coming after his people. And he's just saying, ah, as many as I love, that's why I keep showing up. Because I am in love with you. What is Jesus saying to you today? Here's what I know. He's close. He's right there at the door. Why? Because as many as I love. This is the KCAST podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. 